welcome to another episode of Mino in the City. It is your girl Mesh Ramo, and today I am so excited to have my guest, Dr. Nogu Kanya Kanyile, otherwise I know her as Kanya. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We're going to do Vino Light today, but it's fine because there's been innovation because of COVID 19. And remember, when Sarah literally put the whole country on sober mode. So today, we're going to have a deep alcoholized wine that we both haven't tried out. Mm. Um, it's called Van Laveren. Uh-huh. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I have heard of it, yeah. But it's interesting. I'm like interested to see what it tastes like. Have you ever had the alcoholized? No. Is it the alcoholized? Yeah. The alcoholized? No. No. I haven't. Myself. <laughs> so, this one is a wonderful white. Mm. So, also, please, she cannot judge my wine palette on the alcoholized white. I completely yeah. understand it. So, I think it's actually I'm making up like non alcoholic wine that actually tastes like wine. Yes. Yes. But, okay. Okay, so don't don't judge me because a lot of my guests really love my wine palette, yeah. the wines that I've made them taste. So you know when you're in the streets and they're like, oh, I've mean, been on university and retail and they ask you, how was the wine you had? Don't say it was terrible. <laughs> I will not say it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> my wine rate, my wine rate, okay. Tell everyone why you're not drinking wine. So I have a very, very strict personal trainer. His name is Watson. So anyone who follows me on social media knows that I always do like a lot of workouts with Watson. And so he's got me on a strict plan because uh, December's coming and like a lot of big things are coming in 2021. So he's like, no alcohol, we're eating clean, we're sticking to a proper diet. And so I'm seeing him tomorrow. And if I drink any alcohol, he will know. He will because go. my body will just, <laughs> like I'm at that point in my life where my body just is. Yeah. Respond well when I drink. I remember in varsity, Thursday to Monday, we were in the streets. In the streets. And then waking up and going to class at 8 a.m. We were there. We'll the same. the same more. No. Shall we? We can. <laughs> and as we toast or clink, I also want to say congratulations. Thank you. For your engagement. <laughs> and what's going to be a new surname? Lenaike. Lenaike. Well, Kanye Lenaike. Okay, double barrel. Yes, yeah. Woman empowerment. I'm yeah. a great saint. Great, great. Cheers. Cheers. Let me know how it tastes. Everyone knows this, but you are a young medical doctor, mm. and you chose to specialize in pediatrics. Why yes. is that? For me, it's the resilience of kids. There's two things. So they are so resilient when it comes to how they bounce back from illness. Um, and they also don't lie about their illness. So when they're sick, they show you on their face. We always talk about the appearance and the activity of a child. You can see them getting better in front of your eyes. And it happens over hours, which is so great for me as well, because it's so rewarding. Okay. But I think the biggest thing for me is secondly, the community health aspect of it. Community health is a very big deal for me because I feel like when I teach one mom about how to care for her child, because of the dynamics of our society, she teaches her other children, she, she takes care of her other children, but she also teaches the people in her community mm -hmm. about that. She will be able to help them see what is right and what's wrong. And not to say that, you know, she needs to shout at them or, you know, condemn them for anything they're doing, but learning what is the good habits, bad habits, what danger signs, things that she needs to be aware of. And that just really helps take a load off my job. 
because then the communities help me. Young people, when they, when they think of medicine, they think of money. Yeah. We spoke about this. They think of money. And you, they quickly want to get into private, you know, do what is bare minimum for public and then quickly move on to, to, to private. But it seems as though you are passionate about the disempowered mom and really empowering her mm. and her family. Definitely, because I think the way that I understand medicine, I try to explain it to myself as simply as possible. Because when it's simple for me to understand, I can then explain it to someone else. And when it's simple for them to understand, then I'm, my job is done. Then they're never going to have to come back to me for every little, I don't understand what's going on. This is, you know, should I bring my child? Should I bring my child? Mm. When a mom knows her child's like state, mm. when she understands who her child is, when she understands their quirks, mm. when they deviate from that path, they need help. And when they understand what help to provide in their own capacity versus moving outside to having to come to a clinic or hospital, that's that's the really big important thing for me. So in private, I feel like there's a big dependence on um, I need to call the pediatrician, I need to yeah. call this person for help, and we lose that empowerment because moms are, moms just have that easy accessibility. That's that's great, and I think it's important that we do still get compensated for the work we do. We do still earn a living, but for me. I don't care about the money because what's the point of earning the money if the patients that I'm taking care of are dying or are feeling that they constantly need my input into their lives. Exactly. I really can explain this to a mom and change communities with a conversation. Yes. One conversation can really change four or five children's lives. And that's for me where I want to make medicine Amazing. easily accessible yes. for people. Yeah. You're someone on social media that's all about positive vibes, yeah. right? But also teaching. You know, I think there's a, there's a big aspect of coaching in you. Why is it important for for people to to really invest in, in their mental health? Because at the end of the day, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think it's all great and it's all well to have all these accolades to your name, to all these academic achievements, and all these titles. But then, at the end of the day, who are you when? All of that gets taken away. And I think lockdown brought that into the light for a lot of people. Because you can't go to work now either because your job gets taken away because, you know, there's no money to pay you. Or you can't finish your degree because you can't physically be there. And so it made a lot of people think, who am I outside of the stuff? Everything. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, like, at least with medicine, I will always be needed. But even if I had to stop being a doctor, we I still want to make sure that... Even if you take away all the members of my family, even if you take away um, my my person, even if you take away my job and my title, who am I at my core? Mm -hmm. Am I still going to be able to bounce back from all of that? And it always comes to the story of Job. Because Job, at his core, was someone who believed in God. Yeah. And, and the devil tried to play this game with him and took away everything, but he still remained so faithful. And he got it back. And it's not because... Um, he, he let that, you know, despair consume him. Because it was a lot. It was a lot. But he still believed at the end of the day. Exactly. But he still believes at the end of the day that there is a God who is here for me. Yes. And for me, that's it. If I have God, you, like, I'm that's you. And I'm actually realizing I'm pretty entertaining myself. Like, I can keep myself busy <laughs> for a, a few days and I'll be fine. Exactly. Right? No, it's so important to be your own best friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a topic that, you know, and as much as we speak a lot about mental health, you know, one of the topics that isn't highlighted as much, you know, is, is feminine health. Yeah. And what, do you, what is your perspective of feminine health, you know? And where are we in the conversation as women, even today, as a millennial woman, as a mm -hmm. young person? 
weigh on this conversation about feminine health and looking after yourself. Too much of our feminine health is dictated by men. And what I mean by that is you're always hiding your period or you're always running away from trying to like make your vagina smell nicer or yoni steaming. And I'm like, no man. <laughs> Your vagina has a smell yes. and it's acidic for a reason. It's protective. Yes. And you can't want to change that to please another person. So is it a good thing? No, it's not. What? The acidity? Yes. Yes. A, so even with your staining of your underwear, yes. your vagina has to be that way because it's got to deal with a whole lot of things. Yes. So there's normal bacteria and things that live there on your skin and in your vagina that if they get into your body or into your bloodstream, mm. you could actually die from those. Exactly. So that acidity kills off bacteria. And even with a man, when he ejaculates in you, his um, sperm is a little bit alkaline because it allows for it to be protected when it swims through your reproductive tract to get to your egg to make you pregnant, right? So his body has done what it needs to do to beat your body's acidity. Yes. So why must we now go and like do all these other fancy things? Like leave it alone, babes. If he has a problem with the smell or he probably has a problem with the taste, then maybe you need to go chat to a doctor this about his If the doctor says you're fine, leave your vagina alone. And I think a lot of people don't know their smell. Like I know my smell. I can tell you when I'm ovulating. I can, like, I can see the consistency of What do you mean? Are there different smells throughout the month? Yes! What? I can tell you after a heavy night of drinking. Yes. I will know, okay, here I'm off. Some women get thrush and then they think, oh my gosh, she gave me an STI. But no, it's just because babes, you had a wild night two nights ago and you've thrown your floor off. When you're stressed, women get thrush. There are so many things like um, sexually transmitted infections that look a particular way and smell a particular way. And there's a difference between that yes. and a normal bacterial vaginosis, which is just an off balance yes. of your pH in your vagina. And now you're stressing because you're like, oh my gosh, my husband or my boyfriend thinks I'm cheating on him. But it's just because you're stressed because of work. Exactly. And so we're so dictated by this idea that we have to have clean, nice smelling, looking vaginas for men. And we realize, we forget that it's always been this way and it's going to keep being that way for a reason. Yes. Because it's protecting us. Exactly. And so I always tell my people, I'm like, listen. So wait, are you in this situation? I'm, well, you only see me. No, lost for you only see me. Uh -uh. Like, no, listen, no. okay, listen. If your vagina has a smell that you're not used to, if it's a new smell, go check it out. But you know yourself. Like, I think inherently you know what you smell like. You know what you feel like. If that changes, go check it out. But... If a man can't handle the smell and the taste, then he must grow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you know, also when it comes to like menstruation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the other day I was I was reading and I came across is a cupping, mm. right? And I'm like, what the hell is cups? Like, please explain. A lot of people fascinating, don't know. fascinating invention. So basically, they've got these. Um, Silicone cups, some of them are silicone, there's different material that they make. But instead of you inserting a tampon that you then, that thing gets full, mm. you have to remove or having a pad, you basically insert this cup and it acts like a layer that uh, collects all the, the menstrual fluid that comes out. Because it's not really blood, it's more fluid that's coming out and endothelial lining in your uterus. And then when you're ready, you go to the bathroom, you just pour it out. Um, and then you rinse the cup with water, plain water, you put it back in. And it's so economical, it's safe, 
um, because the cup itself, the material that it's made from is antibacterial yes. as well. And also, for someone who is very personal and you don't have access to throwing away things, because you're not having a bin in the house, and you don't want to put your period um, exactly. um, things with your food, with everything, kitchen things. Your, so it's really exciting. Or you're visiting people. Yes. And you're at a bar, you're at something, and you have to take, you have to mm-hmm. your pad or whatever, or your tampon, and you don't know. Yes, and also, it also prevents that thing of spillage, mm-hmm. because it just keeps it there. So even if it keeps coming, you will feel the discomfort, but it won't spill out. Yes. Because there's also different sizes and they look at different like flows and things like that. But because you're going to change it, you minimize the risk of infection. Mm. And also you minimize discomfort because you then can say, okay, cool, I'm happy. A lot of people I know have used panty liner because they're like, they just want to be sure. And then eventually you just get over the panty liner because just like, oh, this thing is actually really have you tried it? I haven't tried it personally just because for me I really enjoy using tampons um, and I have the ability to change it quite frequently but I have advised a lot of young girls that I've worked with um, and there's so many companies you can literally go online and google menstrual cup yes. and there's so many different products that come up yes. and they're all really reliable I just think that um, always have a backup because when you're first trying it out so that you can get used to it because there's different sizes there's different like um, volumes that it can take and things like that and also women are different so you need to get used to that feeling of having it in there but then it's fun in your stomach yeah you can because don't forget when you your vagina is like a, a vacuum so once you put it in there it just kind of holds it in place and all your muscles will go around it the same way it keeps the tampon in yes I, I like I read about it and I'm just like where has this been all <laughs> my life? Can you imagine? Before, you know, but the fact that also you can reuse it. Mm. Why are pads still then the biggest like female feminine hygiene product for menstrual your menstrual period when these things that you can recycle because it's what we know, and I think that's very difficult to challenge people. Like even going from pads to tampons, mm-hmm. that was a big shift, you know. Yeah. Um, it also promotes a lot more freedom, and for a woman to be more free goes against a lot of what society's practice. Yeah. And so I think you find that it's a way to really entrap you in a kind of way exactly. of thinking. And if we can keep you there, then you're not going to be busy conquering the world. Yes. You're going to be too busy worried about your your your, your period health, which is a problem. Period poverty is a real thing in this country. Yes. Mm. I wanted to find out, you know, especially in the early days of the lockdown, where was your mental mindset, especially when our president announced that we are going to hard lockdown mm-hmm. and essential workers, um, particularly like doctors, need to remain at the front line. Yeah. Honestly, where was your your fear level? Were you like, yes, superwoman out for the rescue? Yeah. Um, or was there some fear in you? Because no one really knew, you know, what this virus was. So early, you know, globally in the pandemic. I always knew there was going to be a point where I was going to be expected to do something that the rest of the world was not going to have to do. Um, yes, it was. The biggest fear for me wasn't catching the virus per se. Mm. The biggest fear for me was if I caught the virus and I needed a hospital and there wasn't a bed for me. That mm. was the worry. Because then I was just like, but I'm a healthcare worker. What do you mean there's no bed for me? Yes. And the second thing was having to stay away from my family and friends for 14 days on my own. Sure. Um, that was a big fear because at least at the time I was staying with my partner so it would just be him and I but now like not seeing my mom not seeing my, my sisters and even though we there's FaceTime and stuff like that still not being allowed to see people is quite hectic so that was the other thing 
if I infect someone else and they get really sick and they die, like, that's scary. Yeah. But for me, I was like, yeah, okay, cool, let's do it. Really? We're ready to go. Really? We had the PPE. That was like, I was lucky in the hospital I was where we had like PPE task forces set mm, up okay. to make sure we had all the stuff. So that was, that was it really for me. I was ready to go. Mm. Mm. And what did you see like during your, your tenure this year, especially like the, in the thick, thick, thick of, you know, the pandemic? I was lucky because we work with kids. So the kids didn't get as severely mm. affected as yeah. um, adults. And also, I think we only, I haven't actually worked with a COVID positive case who was sick. Okay. So, um, I've seen lots of COVID positive cases, but we just found that because they were going for procedures or kids who just happened to be admitted and they were swabbed or moms who were uh, in the hospital and we had to swab them because we needed to know where we needed to put the kids. But for me, I was lucky enough that I didn't get to see that. But when I spoke to colleagues of mine, they were just broken because they would have to be in the full PPE the entire day, doing like 12 hour shifts, at least with the adult patients, they didn't have to do full 24 hour calls, but they did 12 hour shifts in those hazmat suits and the heat and the masks and everything. And just having to see patients like die because they don't have access to basic things like oxygen. Yeah. That was really, really traumatizing for a lot of people. And also because a lot of our interns just started working this year yes. and then they had to go through that. So having to supervise interns when you yourself have never seen this before and also then having to support them mentally was incredibly difficult for a lot of my colleagues. How did you keep your mental sanity during 2020? Mm -hmm. I cried a lot. I think a lot of people underestimate the power of crying. And it's not necessarily that you have to like do that movie cry. You don't have to be like, like all the time. Sometimes it would be just days where I would sit in my car and I would switch off all the music and I just drive home from work. From, cause it's not just COVID that comes to the hospital. All the other people with all the other conditions that they still normally would have still come, you know, and you still have to deal with the normal stuff. So I would just sit in my car and just maybe a tear would come out. Um, prayer was a big component of it. So it was talking to God all the time and saying, I have no idea what's going on with this condition. Yes. I have no idea what's going on with the economy, with the people, but just God fix it. Let me just do what I have to do every day because yeah. I honestly can't change anything um, except my attitude to what I'm doing and the way that I approach my work. And even if I complain about everything, it's not gonna change. It's yes. still gonna be problematic. And I think the third thing for me was really um, talking to my family and friends and um, because Everyone was so interested to know, but it was also quite difficult for me because they were so worried about me, but yeah. sharing that over and over again was exhausting. Yeah. So it would be just reaching out to maybe one or two, or just whenever I need it, just a friend popped into my hand, my mind, I would just be like, listen, Jimmy, I need like a prayer because <laughs> I'm not okay, you know? And I think that's important. I have friends who are very, I'm very lucky to have friends who understand that I might not tell you everything, but when I'm calling you about this particular yeah. thing, it's just because I need your help with this thing. And it's not that I don't love you because I'm not telling you everything, but there's just so many things going on in my mind. It's exhausting to yeah. talk about them all the time. So I'm asking a very personal question because, uh, you know, people want to know about you. Um, how did you and your fiance meet? Uh, so the politically correct version is we've known each other for quite a long time. Um, and we always had a mutual friend and basically there was a period where I was single and he was available and then we just kind of fucked up 
and we've just been inseparable ever since. Yes. The actual story is I throw a drink. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw this guy and I came on Shopee like I scream. Yeah. You wait for what you want. Pretty much. I saw my soulmates and I How did you know he was the one? He you have to meet him to know. He's just incredibly sure of himself. He knows who he is and he's not afraid for me to shine. I think the biggest problem for me is that I'm so ambitious and I'm so like out there that I tend to overshadow my partner sometimes and it can bring out insecurities in someone. Mm. And so I feel that for me, he never made that an issue. He just knew that's part of my personality and it's always been, you know, in, in a relationship, he's never given me the feeling that who I am is like bad or um, I should apologize mm. for it or I should change. Yeah, so he's that's allowed me to be that. exactly who I am, as I am, and just like flourish. I think the biggest success I've had like in my whole career has happened with him. Just oh. because he's just like, go babe. That's amazing. So great. So thank you so much. Thank you. For being a guest. Yeah. So as we end, what we do is we drink the wine again. Mm -hmm. And we need to decide out of five wine glasses, how many wine glasses you would get. Okay. Um, and then where you would have it again, if you would have it again. Okay. okay. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Ooh, kind of look me in the eye. You see, she does nice things all the time. Girl. Seven years is a long time. Hmm. <laughs> it actually doesn't taste bad. It's a little bit um, sour. Yeah, there's, little, yeah, there's a sour taste to it. It's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I'm not gonna sound sweet. Mm. When you smell it, mm. what comes to mind? What do you? What are the notes that you can smell? It's just sour. <laughs> <laughs> so you must understand, I'm not a wine person. I'm a whiskey person. But when I do smell it, I don't know what do you think. I think it's, it's very fruity, to be honest, when mm. I smell it. More fruity than the way it tastes. Yes, yeah. Um, but I can I can smell it. It's gonna be more sour, so like more of your yeah. citrus fruits versus like your other types of fruits, like berries. Yeah, I don't get the berries. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. But it's not different. And how does it taste beyond sour? What else do you comes to mind? Especially, you know, what I always say to my guests is. As soon as it touches the front part of your, yeah. your, your tongue, mm -hmm. what, what is that experience? It's refreshing. It's a little bit sweet when it touches, and then I think the aftertaste is a little bit more sour. Like yes. It, when it hits my palate, it's a little bit more sour. Um, yeah, it just feels like... I, wanna, I don't want to say vinegary, but I feel like there's a strong vinegar taste coming through. Actually, <laughs> you know, that's a, it, it, it sounds, it tastes like, I'm saying it sounds, it tastes like it's vinegar. Yeah. It tastes like it's vinegar. Like apple cider vinegar. Yes, like yes. this. Which is great for uh, weight loss. <laughs> for your friends. Watson, Watson, I got you, my guy. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a strong, overpowering taste, but it is, it is filled with Okay, you think you'd have it? Uh, no. Mm. But, um, Maybe if someone had me over, I wouldn't like complain. Like, oh my gosh, why are you drinking this wine? Well, during this time when you're like, what's in touch you on like, <laughs> yeah. seven, you'll probably have it. 
Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, I personally wouldn't choose. Again, like I said, I wouldn't choose a white wine per se. I'm more like a rosé kind of red wine person. Okay. I think that sits with my blood type better. Is it? Yeah. And when was the first time you you had wine? I know you drink whiskey, but yeah. when was the first time you had wine? Varsity. Varsity. But it was that box wine. You know, you're talking about boxes, guys. I used to have Billy Woodrow with my friends. Oh, wow, yes. Of four cousins. Yes. Guys, it went down. So it is, it is, it's the right of passage, guys. Four cousins is the right of passage for all wine. And I think it was one of those cool things because it was the one we could afford the most of. Yes. And you also don't want to go up and down to the store. So you just get like two boxes. You and your girls or you and your friends are sitting. You have that time of your life. I used to always wake up with a headache the next morning. But then we take painkillers and we keep it moving. And we keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's interesting. You said you love whiskey. Mm. When did that have you always loved whiskey? Or no. So I started that in varsity. As um, well. Yeah, in varsity. Which whiskey were you affording? Please can you tell us guys? No, no, no. <laughs> I was saying, oh, oh, oh so you don't need to that. Girl, can I take you out on a yes. date? And I'm just like, okay. Um, and so one day somebody gave me a glass of Jameson and I was like, this is so nice. Because it was always Johnny Black and all these weird things. They're a bit too harsh for my palate. But Jameson has these really nice notes in it where you can add a little bit of wine to it and bring up the sweetness of the whiskey. And so I would have like anybody who knows me in varsity. It was double Jameson on the rocks with this, like a little bit of lime. And that was my go-to drink. And I really enjoyed it because, because it's a... It's on the rocks, it brings out the flavor as the ice melts. But also you can't drink it like a like a cider or something like that. Because it's still quite a strong taste and a strong yes, flavor. It is. So it was nice because you'd only have like two or three through the night, but it would hold you at a really nice level. You don't get too far. Yes. You, you know, it doesn't make me too sleepy because that's the other thing that alcohol does for me. It just knocks me out. And I think with wine, two glasses babes. <laughs> Good <laughs> so it was really nice to find something that had a good balance. And importantly, when I wake up in the morning, I don't have a hangover. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I would give it a three. Mm. And I think if I was to have it again, it would be like on a hot summer's day, inside, eating some like something like mm. salty to offset a little bit of the sourness. Yes. Yeah. We were saying vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd have been cut. I think I would give it a 2.5. Okay. I really would. Because, you know, I've been drinking apple cider vinegar with water. And it's just, it's just giving it back. It's just giving me back that <laughs> apple cider vinegar. And you know, when you drink wine, you want to feel like you escape it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So for me, it doesn't feel like a, a total escape. It feels like. Still yeah. remind yeah. me of what you had this morning. Water actually. Exactly. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So there's not much indulgence for me. It doesn't have an indulgence. Mm, I, I agree. agree. Mm, I agree. So I think you're very kind. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I like to be a nice person. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest. If you guys really enjoyed this episode, you know what you need to do. Like, share, and subscribe. But also leave your comments and questions for our beautiful, amazing young doctor and Q60 killer of everything <laughs> and hopefully you can also answer them later on thank you guys have a great day